Hello. Before I begin playing this episode out, I just want to have a short intro about raising awareness for Thrombosis Ireland. Um, IFA is raising awareness for thrombosis and pulmonary embolisms. As you will hear in the podcast, she experienced a pulmonary embolism last October 2020. And she has written an article for the Irish Times that will be published on paper October 12th and digital format October 13th. October 13th is a very significant date because it is the day of raising awareness for thrombosis in Ireland. And also Thrombosis Ireland, the organisation, are setting a challenge for the month of October where people run or walk three kilometres a day for 30 days. And this adds up to 90 kilometres. The number 90 being very significant because we should be moving every 90 minutes to encourage blood flow supply. And also 90 is a very important number because when you have been in hospital for 90 days or more, you are more exposed to the risk of blood clots. So with that said, ensure that you're checking in with yourself, availing of any healthcare services that you can to make sure you're just looking after yourself and take part in the 3k a day challenge. If you're on Aoife's Instagram at Aoife McHugh Health, you will see that she's doing her three kilometers a day challenge to raise awareness for thrombosis, Ireland and pulmonary embolisms. So I just wanted to give that short introduction because it is so important that we're looking after ourselves and I'm so grateful for Aoife sharing her experience and raising awareness and speaking about her passion for writing and I hope you enjoy this episode. Talk Nova podcast. My name is Ailish and I am joined here by the wonderful Aoife McHugh of Aoife McHugh Health, found on Instagram. She is a fellow expat here in Abu Dhabi, hails from Lewisburg, Lanesborough. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I'd get it wrong. <laughs> Lanesborough in Longford, but keep that in short. Lanesborough. I'm thinking of Mayo. There's a place called Lewisburg. Yeah. Yes. Totally different. Totally spot. different. So Lanesborough in Longford, and Aoife has lived here in Abu Dhabi for now coming on to four years. Yeah. She is an English teacher, freelance writer, loves animals, <laughs> yoga, meditation, and all things writing and journaling. So with that said, Aoife. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me, Ailish. Very excited to be here. Oh, it's so good to have you on. I'm really excited. So, tell me, would you like to say to our listeners how we cross paths? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, 
Well, I well, it was the desert retreats really that brought us together. I know. Thanks to Gemma. I know. Um, of Design and Dine, um, when she had the brainwave to combine all of her favourite things into a retreat for women over here from Dubai and Abu Dhabi and anywhere in the UAE where they could do some life coaching workshops and some painting, mindful painting and journaling and yoga and just all the self-care tools that we all love and that's what brought us together. So yeah, we have to, to give kudos to Gemma for that. I know she brought us together. It was so cool getting to meet you. Yeah, I know. We're all definitely very aligned and just we have such similar interests. So I know. Yeah. It's so funny because like every, every single retreat weekend we're just like, finding out so much more about each other. I'm like, oh my God, we're like sisters. <laughs> <laughs> like the second weekend retreat, we were just like, oh my God, girls, this is amazing. Like how we were connecting, it was so cool. Yeah, just yeah. joining all the dots. But it's it's the same, I suppose, but anyone can can connect when there's vulnerability. Mm. When, when people open up with each other, then I think you just get to know each other then on a different level. And yeah, it's just great that we all had that opportunity. I know, no, that's so true what you say though, with the vulnerability you are more than willing to connect then yeah yeah so when you hear the meaning of novatorient which is to seek or desire powerful change in one's life how does that relate to your life Eva? so first of all i love that it's a new word that i'd never heard of because we all know i love words um and i was thinking about this question i was like it's not that i ever really wanted a dramatic change or anything for moving over to the uae i think i always just i'm trying to improve and build on like my current situation and always kind of looking towards the bigger picture like without ignoring the present moment but just kind of keeping in mind where I'd like to be in a few years so ideally I love teaching um I teach high school girls um English over here and then I wanted just to, to blend in my other passions as well so like yoga writing meditation and just kind of it's more like a merging um of my passions rather than like a real dramatic change that I was seeking so that's kind of what I'm always trying to do is kind of incorporating it into my everyday life and um, kind of building it in rather than totally upturning my life or Mm. pursuing something completely different yeah so how do you embed it in your life while you're teaching um, well, at the start of lessons, I would yeah, so I would encourage them to do gratitude posts um, at the beginning of the day, if it's in the morning time, or maybe at the end of the week, reflect on what went well. If it's the start of a new month, they'd set SMART goals and, you know, not just goals, like academic goals, but like also like in their personal life, um, with their health, all of those things. And then with my grade 12s as well, because obviously it's a more stressful year for them, um, I'd encourage them to do meditation. So I've started doing a little bit of meditation. It actually aligns with one of the chapters that I'm covering with them now, which is on the brain. So it's actually the ideal way to incorporate it. Wow. So it's just going, it's just merging seamlessly in there. That so is yeah. so cool. I mean, if they're they're staying awake for it, that's a start. I mean, I have to ease <laughs> them into it. I don't think they're going to be like all about the meditation when they're like 17 or 18. But I'm like, at least if I give them the foundation, yeah, then it's something they can build on. And how do they respond to that then in the classroom? Yeah, I suppose it depends on each individual and, you know, there are some students that are more mature and some ones that have been exposed to it themselves in their own, like, home lives. Um, some of the girls would be like, oh, I'm just so sleepy. And I'm like, okay, we'll try and keep an upright position and focus on the breaths and just, you know, imagining that your thoughts are clouds passing by and just kind of easing them into it because, like, naturally enough, their attention spans might not always be um you know the longest so I suppose yeah it's about just kind of integrating it slowly but surely and 
yeah do not and also guided meditations I think are important because mm-hmm. I don't think they like to be just sitting quietly like with all the distra- distractions they're so used to in the modern digital world I think it just needs to be kind of yeah as kind of a slow easing into it mm-hmm. rather than a drop them into a 20 minute meditation yeah because it is, it is so hard to switch off yeah especially in a completely silent meditation where you're just in control like yeah. well obviously you don't want to be in control of your thoughts you just want to kind of let go and surrender but it is hard I think for a beginner yeah to get into that mindset yeah, yeah. definitely and especially when they're younger as yeah. they're not even like their brains aren't fully developed mm. so it's about just kind of tailoring it to them and maybe choosing meditations that they can relate to mm-hmm. so for example tying it into gratitude and like linking it back to the very simple things that they can all share and then it changes their mindset and I feel like they just have a more positive atmosphere and yeah I, I, I would also incorporate brain breaks and stuff into lessons just because yeah. that gives them a little breather too yeah they need that because the brain needs a break yeah 100% <laughs> just like every other functioning machine I know and do you see then a difference in how they are working with you and their dynamic in the classroom when you incorporate these little things into their routine? Definitely, yeah. So, um, like when they know they're working towards a little break and that it's not going to be like to the point where I'm trying to, you know, you need to have all this information done by the end of the lesson. There's not like, it takes that pressure off mm. and they know that they can have a little reset in the middle of the lesson. So they're more willing to you know, engage and be proactive coming up to that time. And then they've had a little stretch or a rest in between. So they're then automatically more alert then after the break too. Okay. So, so you get kind of balance. Like, you get kind of the second half out of them where yeah. they're actually like ready and willing. Yeah. yeah. Like kind of, I suppose, half time in like a yeah. match or something. Yeah. Do you know it's why like I thought that? there. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Like what do you say to the girls? I would just say like time out. I'd say take five deep inhales at the start of the day. Oh, yeah. And then, like, I talk them through, like, different things as well. But, yeah. But because we're in the book that we're actually studying, they've talked about meditation. Oh, That's great. why it was, I was able to kind of tie it in with that, too. Nice. And especially it works well for the grade 12s. I know the grade 9s aren't as enthusiastic. Okay, okay. <laughs> but, yeah, it's definitely... I think it's helping them, I think, because they know that it's a stressful year. There's lots of deadlines, exams, everything. And I suppose it's probably more mainstream now that they've already they would have heard about it somewhere. It. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yes. Yeah, so. That's so cool. Aww. <laughs> Okay, so for you, Aoife, what was the catalyst or motivation for you to seek a change and become an expat? Yeah, um, I don't know if there was like a strong urge to leave Ireland. Like, I'm such a homebird. <laughs> and who knows me, they're like, yeah, your family's very, like, you're very connected. Like, you're not the norm. <laughs> so, like... Even the thoughts of leaving, I was like, it was always like, it was more so my, my husband, what is my husband now, wasn't my husband at the time, Carl, he always wanted to go and it was always like the long-term plan, oh, we'll go like for a few years and like two years was like the immediate plan, that was fine because I was like, oh, I'll just leave, I was like saying to my mom at home, just be two years, then I'll be back and then here we are in year four, so maths is obviously not my strong point, but <laughs> I think, yeah, you just get into it here and it's just a different lifestyle um so many opportunities like the people you meet the community you're immersed in like just such a strong Irish community here as long as well as all the other nationalities and you just meet people who become your family and then you don't want to leave that family to go back to your original family so it's kind of like a vicious circle I know isn't it (laughs) yeah it's so hard then when you see people leaving yeah that's why it's transient yeah yeah. I do find that part hard but like you said there there is a very unique connection when you make friends with people who are expats definitely yeah yeah and then we got a cat so that was a little anchor here yes. too tell us about your cat 
So yeah, um, well his name's Bronny and he is named after a basketball player. I don't know if you know him, LeBron James. <laughs> I was like, because he's like, he kind of, um, he's a very determined little cat, I think, well, from the, the week that he had out in the streets because he's, yeah, he's definitely not your regular Abu Dhabi feral cat. He's very like privileged. He clearly had a good setup before he was cast out into the streets because, yeah, he's not cut out for um, alley cat life. And we learned that pretty quickly when we took him in because he, yeah, he was very vocal. I was like, I wonder why your other family got rid of you. Oh. Maybe it's because you don't <laughs> stop meowing, like incessant. Very needy, um, but also like the cutest thing ever. And yeah, it just brings like a warmth into our house here. And like, oh. yeah, I get just even excited to go home and see him after work. I'm like, okay, I'm, yeah, I know I have issues when it comes to animals. Oh I'm like, God. I'm an obsessive cat lady, but yeah I think that has definitely made it easier to stay as well because mm-hmm. it's like more like a little home. oh that's more homely because yeah. he's there when you go home and stuff but yeah so that's kind of the the long and short story of Bronnie we rescued him someone obviously couldn't handle his uh, neediness and <laughs> I was here for it so <laughs> happy to oblige come on in Bronnie I'll take care of you Oh yeah, so I would highly encourage anyone to get a cat and um, if you're not a cat person you just haven't met the right cat so I would say I'm not a cat person. Yeah. So do you think I've not met the right cat? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like you have to handle them. Like they literally don't care. They do their own thing. Like I met this little two-month-old puppy out on a run this morning, and like it was so like friendly and like I was like love puppies and dogs and everything, but like cats really they're very independent as well. So it's not like you're tied down as much when you live in an apartment. You doesn't you don't need to take them out or anything. I would agree. I think it would be more feasible to be able to have a cat here. Yeah. I think a little bit more tricky having a dog. Like, I would love nothing more. Yeah. I'd love nothing more than to get my own dog. Oh my God, I'm obsessed. Yeah. Like, it's unhealthy. Me and my brother and sister, we just always tag each other in, like, <laughs> dog videos on Instagram and Facebook. Like, it's actually so sad. Like, oh my God, like, that's the tag. The minute you see someone's tagged me, and I know it's my sister or brother, I know exactly what the tag's going to be. <laughs> it sounds like me and cats. Yeah. <laughs> but I just don't have the heart to get a dog here. Because I, I don't have... I don't have the greenery, I don't have the back garden and And you need time. Yeah, and they're expensive too. Yeah. You know, here anyway, Joe, if you're going away, like if yeah. no one's if no one's gonna mind them, you've to pay for that. Yeah. Um what do they call it for dogs? And for animals, what do they call it? A little it? sitter or some kind of like staycay place. Yeah. Or... <laughs> they have like hotels and stuff yeah. like that, like do you know what I mean? But like I don't know. I, it will happen one day, but it'll be in Ireland for sure. Yeah. I and mean, I just want an entire pet farm, but I'll get to that. Oh. <laughs> have you ever been to Katie's pet farm in Killarney? You'd love it. Oh, that sounds like oh my, my dream. Oh my God, you'd love it. Katie's pet farm. Anyone who's from Kerry will know exactly what I'm talking about. It's on the Cork, Kerry Road, coming into Killarney. And it's been there for years, like since I was a child. And like, there's a, a, they have every animal. Every farm animal and more. Like they have like I think they have like alpacas there. Love it. Yeah. I went hiking with alpacas for my hen party actually. For so hen? that was the best time. Where? Yeah. Down Wicklow in the mountains. They have alpacas in yeah. Wicklow. Oh, yeah, this is gas. You bring them off on leads and stuff. They oh, they're like, roaming free. Yeah, you can you will you walk them. Wow. Yeah. Just oh. have, they're happy at this like, yeah. That huge. is so cool. I can just see you actually like <laughs> in your element on your hip. My element. Oh my god. Yeah, so I didn't know they could roam free because like in Killarney they're just like it's like obviously a fenced off farm yeah so they can roam free yeah there's a place it's called K2 Alpacas and they um, they have like I suppose different like kind of I don't know what you call them like activities and stuff you can do with them bring them walking and yeah so that they have like a whole occur to them 
Very, very cute. Highly recommend it. Oh God, this is going to turn into an episode about animals. Yeah. Sorry, God. I'm just, no, I could talk all day about this. Yeah. I'm so obsessed. So, of course, you had initially thought two years, and now it's coming into your fourth year. Yes. So, for you, like, what was exciting for you about coming over? I just, I suppose, it's sunshine. Although now, like, I really miss the rain, and it's like wherever you are, you just miss. Like, you know, it's you get used to what you have, and then you miss what you don't have. It's. Um, it's kind of like that but yeah the sunshine just all the opportunities that are here like the benefits of that are offered like as part of like the teaching packages I feel like the like the value that's placed on teachers here reflects you know like the the I suppose what has been invested in our educations like like in my case by my parents by me um at home I feel like that's reflected in like the salary you get here mm-hmm. um so that's important because you do feel valued um the healthcare is unbelievable and yeah like an apartment and then aside from that then just getting to meet all the people that I mentioned earlier like just an amazing community over here and there's so many like you can literally do whatever you want like if you're interested in meditation or yoga there's so many studios if you wanted to be part of like the football community you can join like GA clubs like it's it is what you make it so mm-hmm. I just think like we're just so lucky to have the opportunity that we're both teachers me and Carl so it was kind of it was just like a no-brainer yeah. <laughs> to go at that time in our, or at this time of our lives just yeah and just see it see yeah it, yeah and experience it it's interesting you say that the value is reflected in the investment you've made in your education. I never thought of it like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because I just feel like at home as teachers, you know, when you're on separate pay scales, it's just like, it's obviously frustrating when mm-hmm. people in, this, in the same room are all in different salaries and it doesn't really, <laughs> it doesn't feel like a shared sense of value or there's, mm. it's, it's kind of a lack of equality there. So yeah. Yeah, it was nice to kind of come over here and have that that balance kind of restored a little bit yeah no I totally hear you yeah I find it interesting that point of view yeah yeah for you then did you have like an initial vision or plan for when you came here um no it was more so the kind of that just settling in taking it day by day like I don't really tend to look too far ahead anyway I don't really like that's kind of to my detriment as well I just kind of go with the flow mm-hmm. and I'm like whatever just happens it's just what's where your won't pass your kind of mentality so yeah well I didn't really have like a a master plan or anything I was like we'll just go with it and see how it is and then yeah it's as I said the time flew by and now we're here nearly yeah this is just into our fourth year now so exciting yeah so for you was there like a moment then of like kind of realizing where you were was there like a culture shock moment when you had arrived not really because we had visited my my mother Carl's mother so my mother-in-law like 2016 and we'd come over and we're like okay we love this place here like definitely being here going on holidays it, like immersing yourself in it it's not like you're able to see and get get a feel for the place so it's, it doesn't make it like yeah. as daunting when you're moving over because you're like oh well I've been there now twice because we Does actually Carl's over twice. Here? His mom worked in Dubai. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So that was like so we visited good. before, and I was like, yeah, that's that's easy now. Or maybe it was twenty seventeen we were over. But yeah, that just further cemented the fact that we wanted to come over here. So it was like, okay. Um, yeah. So I, I wouldn't say we had any. There was no culture shock, and there's so many Irish people here. Yeah. You're yeah. literally like it's like Ireland outside of Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> home away from home, yeah. and that like you do forget where you are a lot of the time. I know. So you nearly have to check back in and be like, oh, I actually am in the UAE, but you're never too far away either because the flight's like seven and a half hours. So yeah, it doesn't feel far away. 
I think. And then just with just Zoom and everything. Yeah, we're very lucky. Yeah. Like, yeah, we are. We could be home in the morning if we wanted to. Yeah. Like, we're, we're so fortunate. Like, yeah. To, I suppose it's so interesting how it's like worlds apart from where we're from. Yeah. Where it should be like, it should take years to get here. I know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But it, it is like, thank God it's only seven I know. Years and I just now. think perspectives everything do. I think about my mum's brother left Ireland in like, I'm say the late 40s and like getting on a, a, a boat to go to America, like taking like three weeks to get there and then like my granny not here and any worried for him from that long and I'm like, Writing we letters. have just, yeah, like we have it so easy here. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I just think, yeah, with anything, a shift in perspective just changes your whole mindset. So true. So that's why I just find it easier to be here too. Mm-hmm. Not that I don't eventually want to go home and settle down, but I think, I don't know, it'll be like a natural ending yes. here, like a kind of feeling that we're ready to go home. Yeah. Rather than a kind of rush to go a home. Rush, yeah. Like, like it'll, it'll be there. <laughs> no, no, it will. It will. The time will be right. Yeah. Like so many people have said, um, of friends of mine that have gone before, they've always said, you know the feeling when you feel it because it's a new feeling. Yeah. And also, they've also said, when you feel the itch, do one more year to be sure. Yeah. Because I've heard, like, I've actu- I actually know people who kind of made a kind of rushed decision, went home and come back, came back, came back a yeah. couple of years later. And it is hard setting up and everything again, because that's the hardest part, probably, the moving over yeah. and getting everything set up. So I'm sure that is daunting for people coming back. Fun fact, they keep your Emirates ID on file. Oh, so you can like just check back into it. That process is sped up for you. Oh. So there's a girl I'm working with right now who's just recently moved back uh, to Abu Dhabi and her process of like set up with the school and the visa was much faster because she was already on file. Oh. I know. Well, that makes it. I was like, go UAE. Easier. Like, I was like, that's the first I've heard of something being easy. I was like, that's good. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so fun fact to be there. Yeah, well, that's yeah. good to know. So it won't be as hectic. <laughs> yeah. So were there any moments of self-doubt? I don't really know. I, um, I kind of just, as like I was saying earlier, it's like go with the flow. If something's not working out, I'm like, then it's probably not meant to be. Mm-hmm. I kind of just offer it up. I don't kind of dwell on things. I, I It probably works like against me sometimes too because I'm very much like oh it's grand mentality whereas I'd rather I wouldn't like to kind of challenge things or kind of question things too much because I'm like oh it's fine like that's the way it's meant to be or whatever mm-hmm. um, I could probably be more assertive and kind of like kind of challenge things or question things a bit more but no I suppose if I do come up against things that challenge me I might be like okay maybe that's not the right door for me that's why it's closed there's obviously another passage there's another kind of bypass somewhere that I'm meant to be going on yeah. so I kind of just yeah offer it up to the universe or whatever and just go with it because I'm like I just focus on the controllables rather than kind of getting down over things that aren't working out yeah I just feel like that's easier in the short time that I've known you I can definitely see that like is such a strong point of view like you you're so good at that of like it's like you're you're really good at like what do they call it compartmentalizing I'm like I'm very organized but maybe just like (laughs) but I think you are good at like controlling the controllables like I've seen it it's, yeah. yeah, I just like I just feel like stress literally manifests into disease in the body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, there's no need for it. I know. Like, if you can avoid it, do. Like, I just think unless you're in an absolutely dire situation, mm-hmm. and everyone it's all like relative to whoever's going through certain situations. But I'm like, if there's any way you can kind of twist it and make it into 
a positive um, situation or you know that there's a solution that you have um, and that it's if it's out of your control but you know that there's something that some way that it can work out I kind of more in line with just focusing on that rather than bringing more kind of disease into the body or just not helping yourself I don't think like 90% of the things we worry about never happen yes yet you know we waste pre- we waste precious time thinking about things like mm-hmm. and it's just the mind can get away from you I think that's where meditation is just just an absolute gift as well yeah so it's just yeah that's kind of my stance on it anyway so yeah to build on that the next question was obviously the tools that you use so yeah you could talk now if you talk about your tools that you use to manage that part as well yeah. as in the stress yeah so I suppose writing um has definitely been one of the most powerful tools that I, I kind of only reconnected with it probably coming up to my 30s um because I did a master's in journalism in 2011 um before I went into teaching and then I was like I did a little bit of journalism and I was like oh, I don't know if this is for me like I wanted to go down the teaching route and I was like I always thought like I could do journalism on the side um so I was like I kind of left it kind of there for a little while and then as I was kind of turning coming close to turning 30 then I was like oh I want to actually start writing again and just kind of letting out my thoughts onto paper um and just I suppose just it's just such a an easy way for me to express myself mm-hmm. um and it's just then it just turned into something so therapeutic for me as well like like during any kind of difficult times it's helped me to like process events just kind of I suppose yeah getting getting things out of your body onto paper um acknowledging them and then letting them go mm-hmm. and then it kind of ties in with yoga as well because I'm a yoga teacher just that we store energy in our bodies like in our heart in our hips um we store trauma and it's just getting it all out there so like definitely meditation yoga and then therapeutic writing so like expressive writing um and then also like just gratitude posts and mindset writing mm. to kind of shift them kind of just shift your perspective as well so they're mm. they're the main things and then exercise as well is mm. yeah, really important for me and reading and then like cat cuddles oh, <laughs> and granny. that's literally the the whole kind of collection of my Self-care back belt, for one for better phrase. No, I love it. And you're so well equipped. <laughs> Would you mind speaking a little bit more on like the expressive writing? Yeah. Yeah, because I love you speaking about that. Yeah, so I suppose I didn't really, I, I kind of didn't know I was doing it when I was doing it. And I had like, because my mother-in-law, Bridgetta, calls mom again, obviously, just to join the dots again. <laughs> was always into like self-care and everything. And she would have been like, oh, read this book, read that book. And like, this is like the first place that I discovered these books. Like the first self-help book I read was like The Monk Who Sold Us Ferrari. And then after that, I like got into them. Um, and then one of the books she gave me was by this clinical psychologist in Ireland called Patricia McAdoo, called Writing for Wellbeing. And I was like, oh, this is so interesting. Like, so just learning all about like the the psychological and like the physiological benefits of writing and how like there's so much research, there has been so much re- research done into like expressive writing and how it can help people to process traumatic events in their lives um, just by like putting them out on paper, sharing exactly how you're feeling, um, acknowledging what's going on inside your your mind. And yeah, I suppose people kind of um, might not, it's just helps people to make, make sense of things. Mm-hmm. So like, I, I know it helped me last year, I was going through, like I, I had a health scare, I developed like um, a pulmonary embolism that it like, like split into both of my lungs, but just that whole incident me trying to get my head around that like having like something that's life-threatening going on underneath the surface of your body when 
when the symptoms you have are just the same as any other complaints that anyone else would have. Mm-hmm. Like say, like shortness of breath, um, like maybe like a faster heart rate, things that like many people just ignore. And I feel like going through that whole situation, trying to process how something like that can happen to you, writing about it, it's what really helped me to kind of move forward in a, in a kind of, so you know when you go through something and you understand the power of it that's kind of the easiest way to mm. to understand how well it works um, and then it aligns so well with that book writing for well-being and then she has another book called five ways to better days and she talks about yeah how this expressive writing um, helps people to make sense of events because things that they forget in the moment because it's like clouded over by like emotion emotion and then the chaos and confusion of everything that you can actually write it all out on paper and you're able to be like okay I now know what happened to me I now know how I feel about it and I can move forward rather than like repressing it or trying to like kind of put a cork on it yeah and then manifesting then in the body yeah Yeah, exactly um yeah I suppose just kind of then you're able to kind of just deal with it and move on with it then yeah rather than kind of worrying about it coming up all the time mm. and then I think when you speak from experience other people kind of realize oh yeah that could work for me too like if, I'm sure everyone has something they can work through mm. so that's kind of where so from. did you find that you were able to process and move on from obviously that really scary time in your life when you had that pulmonary embolism that, yeah it right? yeah so it's yeah, basically like a blood clot yeah did you find that writing really helped you process and move on from that? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it wasn't even like I intentionally said, I'm going to write about this and I'm going to just, like, get it all out of my system. It was more like I just felt this need to write. It was like, I'm going to just write every single thing that happened because I need to know what happened. I don't want to forget it. Yeah. So I wrote, like, I must have wrote thousands of words. And, like, sometimes I'd, like, dip in and out of writing. Like, I could want to write... One day I could be writing for 20 minutes and I mightn't write for a few days. It's just, it's kind of... It's not like an everyday practice, but more often than not, I do like a little five minute practice in the morning anyway of writing. But this was like this need to write. It was more like, yeah, like I was like kind of called towards it or something. Like how do you yeah, even like yeah. have like a compelled to do it? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I definitely feel like it was like so therapeutic writing down every single thing that like how I, I felt like my mind was ahead of my body. Mm-hmm. It knew that something weird was happening to me. It was talking to me. It was saying all of this to me. And then... I wrote that all out. So I was kind of like, okay, I know exactly what happened to me, but kind of didn't really make sense to me until I had seen it all on the page. Yeah. And it was an easy way for me to kind of explain it to my family and stuff as well, and friends that they could just read about. And then I also just wanted to prevent it from happening to other people. Yeah. That was another kind of driving force behind it, because I was like, this is literally something that can happen to anyone, uh, like regardless of how healthy you are or anything and like there's like simple ways to prevent it and being aware of these symptoms that are so common that I know it's like definitely an Irish thing to be like oh, I'll be grand yeah. I'll sleep it off but it's like you, you can't sleep these things out like they're they're very high risk so would you like to talk about what to kind of be aware of and yeah, like, yeah. yeah I think it's I, I'll definitely like the simple prevent or methods of prevention would be well like exercise movement like what happened to me was that I was inactive for like nine days and the blood just pools in your system and I was on the birth control pill as well which heightens your chance of getting a blood clot but pregnant women are also at risk so they would be more at risk and it's knowing if you're in an at-risk group like smokers would be more at risk but like I just for like the general population I would say 
um you're like just focusing on exercise um compression socks if you're going on a plane um and then trying to think like being aware of the symptoms so it would be like heart palpitations shortness of breath um dizziness lightheadedness and then like if there's any swelling like in your legs or a discoloration um they would be like basic things that people might just think are like oh i've got like i myself thought i just was unfit so i went out for like a walk trying to think that would make it make it better but no just your body's just like no this isn't actually what's happening to you at the time so it's just like listening to your body knowing when things aren't right and getting it checked out Uh, can i just say also i didn't even say this thank god you're like in a healthy space now oh thank you oh i know i'm like literally so for you was there like a moment then it's a bit similar i suppose to the kind of the awakening was there like an acceptance moment was there anything like that happened pardon me where you and kyle were like okay we've we've made a home for ourselves here yeah i suppose just the friends that we've met here yeah that just makes it just so much better being here Mm -hmm. it's like you meet up you go for breakfast you go for coffee like there's always people to meet it's so social and then you have this really like you have like a realization that you never would have met these people at home and it's like just reminding you that you can never have enough good people in your life that like there is so much good in the world and you can always add more people into your life and this has given us the opportunity over here to do that so it's like that's i suppose that's the biggest takeaway as well that like they're not just friends that we'll have here but they'll be friends that we'll have forever yeah and it's such a unique experience too to share so for you how have you how have you used this expat experience for an opportunity of growth um well definitely just do my yoga teacher training here so that like just gave me just a great opportunity to go and just kind of fulfill that passion and then got me more into the world of meditation and then gave me lots to write about in terms of building up my freelance writing kind of side as well or the side of it and then even living here as an expat and being able to write about it from that perspective and then having other people relate to that so it's kind of I suppose it is not everyone can have that that point of view but because there's so many Irish people living abroad around the world I think it was really it probably hit almost at Christmas when lots of people couldn't get home mm-hmm. and then I was able to write about that and it was published in RTE and I was like that was a like a just a like a real personal achievement for me because I was like even just growing up when I was like when I was like 12 I was like what do you want to be when you? I was like I want to be like a correspondent for RTE like I just had this like fixation with this and it kind of was like okay that's kind of I kind of ticked off something that my kind of inner older child wanted to do so that was nice and I just feel like that wouldn't I wouldn't have been able to write from that perspective if I hadn't been over here and then then I was able to write a few more articles for RTE as well and just kind of share my words um with others as well um yeah so just kind of expressing myself through these passions that I that I'm able that I've been able to build up over here yeah that I don't think I could have done if I was at home you don't think so well, I wouldn't have had the expat experience to talk about things from that kind of way of life. And then I don't know, would I have done a yoga teacher training if I was at home? Mm. Because I don't know what I have. There's so many opportunities for yoga teachers here and yeah. meditation and all of those things. And I'm like, I don't know what I have prioritized it as much at home. Was it? Would it have been as accessible for yeah. me? Yeah, yeah. I, I understand like The environment here definitely supports it. Mm. And it's like, I suppose with the retreats and everything, it's like I can put all of it into one kind of event just yeah yeah, just works out it does yeah 
and also like what an amazing achievement to write for RTE like that's so cool which is nice because it's like I can actually put my words out there and I know like you know even if like five people read it it'll be like someone might read it and just take something from it because it's like it just puts it out there to a wider audience Mm -hmm. I'm like it's nice to know that you put your effort into something and that you know someone might take something positive from it and that's like it is rewarding too (laughs) tell me do you have your articles linked on your Instagram for people to read yes I have like kind of like a portfolio in the link on my Instagram as well so it's like ethanmchugh.contently.com so okay. it's kind of just like you can click into any of the articles and stuff there. So okay. super. Because I'm sure topics. there's people listening <laughs> who want to give them a read. Oh. So I'll direct them to your Instagram account and they'll click the link there and they'll get them. That's it. Yeah, they're all yeah. there in one place. Amazing. <laughs> oh, I know. That's so good. And then for you, Aoife, were there any, like, or have there been so far? Because your expert experience is, of course, ongoing. Yeah. Have there been any lessons learned so far? Um, I suppose being just open-minded like so many different cultures so many different ways of life but like literally like just everyone's very much connected by you know like we're all humans underneath Mm -hmm. it all like Mm -hmm. everyone has strengths weaknesses vulnerabilities and I think once you tap into that and you find that kind of relatability between Mm -hmm. people like there's always a connection that you can come up with and you can learn from everyone here and like they can learn from you and just yeah, just seeing how different how the different ways that people live mm-hmm. just opened my eyes. Um, so that's probably the biggest takeaway um, to that. Yeah, and just being able to kind of experience all of that. It's just been yeah, very eye-opening Yeah, and insightful as well. And it's the exposure we have to different yeah. nationalities and so traditions diverse. and cultures. Yeah, yeah and just yeah. meeting people and talking to like them about their families at home and like different cultures and how they raise their families. And, you know, like some cultures, the grandparents will raise the child, the, the, the parent will be working over here. And that's the way they do it in their, their cultures. And just seeing the different ways that people do things and just being like, you know, it's nice to kind of learn about all that. And you, you, you just... It's not always just about the way you grew up, but looking at how other people do things as well. And yeah, it's just, I suppose, just very informative as well and educational and just, yeah, just always learning. I've learned a lot from having a cat. I mean, I, I literally could write a book. You write like, an article about that oh, one. I could, I have, well, I could, I could write a novel. <laughs> yes, How to Put Manners on a Cat um, by the Unsuccessful Cat Mom. Uh, no, it's impossible. But like, yeah, I just think... Yeah, that's that's what is the biggest things I've learned. I thought that oh, I'll just train this cat and he'll just go to sleep in the bathroom and he'll just like follow my routine. No, absolutely not. I'm like, that's not how things work. Yeah, I, I don't like that's been that's been eye opening. But apart from that, I'm like, I can't think of any other things that I've learned. Just apart from just being around other people, different experiences, different cultures, different systems, mm-hmm. and just all of that. Then just adding into like my own life experience. Yeah. Do you mind me asking? It's just come to my mind. Who looked after Bronnie over the summer? Oh, so you had this lovely cat sitter. So, oh, you had yes. a cat sitter? Yes. So she's wow. A, yeah, she's a nanny from a building that like behind us. So she would send me pictures like every day Aww. of like her rubbing Bronnie and like just looking after him and like all these updates. Um, and yeah, and he's like a very like scared cat as well. So the fact that he actually like she won him over and was like looking after him, like he's literally like... He's very privileged. So <laughs> for him to just like get around and be like, okay, I'll accept you into my life. Um, yeah, it was just, I'm just obsessed with him. Like, it's, <laughs> and he knows me. I'm like, okay, enough of like the Bronnie spam. We've had enough. 
but I, I just, love hearing it though. Like, <laughs> honestly, you just light up. What is it when we were doing? Um, oh, we were in the retreat. It was one of the workshops. We were doing a gratitude or fun facts. Do you remember the fun facts? Yeah. And I remember you had to talk about Bronnie. Do you remember that? Oh, it was yeah. So funny. It's kind yeah. of like one of my AK specialities. Yeah. That and like Teen Mom. And, and his name. <laughs> all these other random TV shows. His name though. I love his name. Oh. Yeah, it just fits him. I just was like, yeah, he's, he's someone who, do you know, I don't know, kind of came came out, came from hard hard times and just built himself up. And here he is now. He's like a proper king. <laughs> so it's like, it makes sense. <laughs> he literally lives like a very vegan lifestyle on his own terms and yeah he offers things too like he's not a completely selfish cat yeah. like he's he does offer cuddles and yeah he's very therapeutic yeah <laughs> animals are though aren't they yeah oh animals absolutely are... animal therapy oh my god yeah. yeah there's nothing like it yeah you just yeah. end up laughing at him because cats are just so ignorant and like sly but like they're very obvious about it too and i'm yeah. like Do you know what i just kind of love his brazenness you just have to admire it and be like, yeah, actually, maybe I should have a bit of that in my life. <laughs> be a bit more, like, a bit more assertive. Yeah. <laughs> Do what I want a bit more. I know. It's just, yeah, I would highly recommend to get a little cat. So if anyone out there is currently listening and... <laughs> yeah. in, I can in, hook you up. Yeah. Get on Eva <laughs> and she'll definitely let you know the pros and cons. Yeah. What to look out, look out yeah. for. Yeah. My friend Alina is, like, the patron saint of cats here. She's from Brazil and, I'm like, she's phenomenal. So... If, if anyone's looking for someone that, uh, you know, is hey, wanting a cat or anything, Alina is the gal to go to. She's unreal. Okay. You heard yeah. it here first, guys. Yeah. <laughs> this is where you need to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's... Okay, so, are you ready for your quick fire round? Yes. So, Aoife, what is the first thing you notice about a person? Probably body language. Okay. So like I suppose the way people are interacting with other people or how they are when I interact with them um, or when they're interacting with me I suppose that's kind of a, just a very simple way to pick up on or gauge a person's like I suppose personality and you know if we're going to have like similar interests and stuff because I know like body language is like 55% of communication or mm-hmm. something so I'm like it is probably something that I I probably pick up on first I yeah. would say yeah I don't know would you agree with that or yeah oh of course no it's your answer yeah. yeah i would agree that it is like a huge part of communication yeah, yeah. how yeah. a person is moving their body and their hands and their yeah. facial expressions yeah. And yeah definitely yeah so i suppose that's probably it for me but i kind of yeah just that would be that that would be the the one the main defining thing anyway mm, yeah, yeah so for you then are there any habits that have improved your life um, just the ones I mentioned earlier so the kind of the ones that I stick to like the the self-care practices mm-hmm. um, but yeah more just mostly yoga just kind of the the quieting the, the, the quiet qu- quieting the mind yeah. um, and like coming internally and just yeah definitely just taking time out um, and kind of, kind of trying to listen to what's happening inside my mind inside my body and tuning into that mm-hmm. that's an important thing for me to do on a daily basis um, and then other habits so trying to become more like uh, just a better listener um yeah so basically that and then like yeah so the, the writing the yoga meditation um yeah they're kind of the main things i can't mm-hmm. really think of any other habits like definitely reading as well 
trying to keep my brain active and just always learning yeah. new things yeah. and finding ways to help me hold on to habits as well yes like just yeah kind of saying right I'm going to do this today and then I'll do that after that or signing up to something so it motivates me to keep doing yeah, it yeah, yeah. that's kind of what ha- works for me yeah that's a really good idea but I suppose whatever works for the individual yeah <laughs> oh. so what's in your bucket list Aoife so I'd love to travel to Bali because I feel like just aligns with all of these things that I'm obsessed with and just traveling I definitely love traveling to Italy before to see more of Italy because like just food and views and just I just the people are very expressive and yeah just loved it when I was there before um and then just traveling more around Ireland so like I'd love to go I was actually saw this place over the summer I don't know if you've heard of like Clare Island Lighthouse off oh. the course, off the coast of Mayo, but it just looks class. So I'd love okay. to go there. So it's just like a lighthouse, lighthouse hotel, but it just looks like just like very like isolated, like surrounded by water, patch of greenery there. I'm like, okay, this would literally be great just to be, wow. just to have time out. So I think yeah. that looks unreal. Is it a, a retreat kind of concept? Like a, just like a hotel, okay, but like kind of like just remote. Some one of those like Ireland's like um, are they like in the Blue Book or something? They're like kind of oh, I know. next level hotels or something. Yes, yes, I've heard of so, this. So definitely want to go there as wow. well. Wow, that sounds cool. Yes, that there that's kind of the bucket list, I think. Just, I kind of, yeah, haven't kind of thought too much about different things, but they're kind of the main things. So, of course, what are you most grateful for in life, Aoife? Um, yes, I suppose touching just what I've talked about earlier is definitely my health. Yeah. yeah, on my healthy heart, as of yesterday, everything is 100%, so I'm just delighted. Um, yeah, I think that just, it does give you an awakening that we're all very fragile. We, like, we don't really know what's going on underneath the surface, you know, at all times, but it's just being in tune with that yeah. and listening to your body um, and being alert for anything that doesn't um, feel normal and just getting it checked out because you just never know. Mm-hmm. So... Definitely health number one, because I think everything else then um, kind of falls in line with that after. You can't have anything else if you don't have your health. And then, like, I'm just... Then, obviously, family, friends. um, They're all the main things Mm. that I'm super grateful for. So, yeah, and things I just list on a daily basis, just just to remind myself, because I'm not always in a good mood, that, like, that if you write these things down on paper, that it just... That your brain can be trained to have a more positive mindset. And, yeah just that's that's where it starts for me anyway is there any or are there any specific um content that you've consumed that has influenced you in your life it could be a book documentary quote inspiring person uh i would say big magic creative living by elizabeth gilbert love her writing style love how she describes the process of channeling creativity and just what it feels like to be in like a flow state um and then just Seamus Heaney's poetry I love his poem Postscript um if you've ever heard of it or I would highly recommend anyone to read it I feel like it's that poem that you can just read once and yeah it just really resonated with me and how you can't really capture life through a camera it's just about being present in the moment just acknowledging kind of this mad space that we're in mm. like it's all so temporary and just appreciating every moment of it while you can mm. um like the ups the, the the downs and everything in between and just kind of just I suppose using it all to uh, kind of just 
just be a part of your your life story and learning from it and all that yeah. all that good stuff so yeah that's kind of how I would answer that question <laughs> and finally your favorite song yeah I could never I could just like I'd ever pick a favorite song <laughs> I'm like it's just so hard so I think I just go with a genre and it's like that 2000s era of like Beyonce and Neo and Rihanna I could literally just put on a random playlist on Spotify and listen to that and yeah those songs just never get old for me mm. a bit of Chris Brown as well <laughs> I know he's a controversial character but I do love all those songs oh and God, all yeah. that whole yeah genre because yeah just takes me back to that time and yeah just love it yeah. just a bit of me <laughs> It's a great era of music. Yeah. Though. Oh my God, it is. And I do love all different types of music, but I feel like that's the one I could always come back to and listen to in any kind of mood. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, such easy, breezy. You can't beat a bit of Rihanna. Mood boosting. Yeah. Yeah. Just consistent. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, well, on that note, Aoife, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast today. Thank you so much. Please let everyone know where they can find you on social media. Okay, perfect. Um, so my Instagram page is Aoife McHugh Health. And then my portfolio with links to my articles, um, that's in the bio of that, of that Instagram page. So yeah, that's where I'm at. <laughs> oh, and I'm so excited for the retreat. The yeah, I know, I can't wait. Weekend. I know. Yeah. I know I can't wait to reconnect with everybody and get to meet new faces desert downtime I know yeah yeah ideal welcomed after the second week of school for sure yeah Yeah. definitely need a bit of mid-September definitely serenity (laughs) (laughs) already yes oh my god (laughs) okay so thank you so much again for being a guest on the podcast thank you pleasure having you on (laughs) all right take care